Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Kessel Run Comics Podcast. This is your host, Macadelic, and co-host... Skelly Boy. And we're ready to bring you guys another week of Chom Top Fives and speculation slash news. Let's jump into it. For number five on our top five, as we said, jumping straight into things, we have Rom Dire Wraiths. So... This book is a number one. It's also $4.99, which you don't see that often with uh, IDW. A lot of the times they just keep their books, you know, the casual yeah. $3.99. I feel like that's because it's a ROM book. Yeah. You know, and you pointed that out, but now that I think about it, like, that could be the reason behind it because it is, it's not a current major. Yeah. But at one point, ROM was a major character. Yeah, that was a Marvel. Mar- yeah, that was a Marvel property. You know, so I mean, that could be it. Like, they could just be thinking old heads are going to see it and be like, "Oh, Rom." You know, like I remember the Wraiths. Yeah, I think that's I think that's nail and coffin right there. I think that's spot on. Um, this book, it was kind of different because it almost makes you, in some ways, feel not sympathetic, but. It lets you feel for the rom or the dire wraiths. Yeah, that's one reason. That's one of the well, that's the main reason it's made it in my you know why I wanted to put it on the list right. was because it's a whole other take on an alien comic or just you know sci-fi in general. Right. You know, there's very few sci-fi any entertainment whether we're talking comics, books, movies. You know that focus on the alien side. Yeah. You know, and what it's like to be stranded as an alien instead of like oh I'm a human stuck in space. Right, you know, where you're like this. Fo- this focuses on the wraiths has a war race of alien. Right. So you know they're not scientifically inclined. Yeah. And they're stranded on the moon. They're still trying to do a lot of like conquering. Yeah, they're trying to do conquering, but there's only four of them. Right. And they're just stranded. They're like boys, we're stuck. And there's two of them that are like high commanders, and there's two grunts. Right. And they're, the whole time the high commanders are like, huh, these grunts. Yeah, man. And and the, and the grunts are just like. Look, if you want to kill us, go ahead. Like, I mean, what are you yeah. going to lead after that? Like, yeah. if, you, if you don't have the two of us, like, you're going to be leading nothing. Yeah, they're like, if if we're not here, then who's going to kill the other people, you know? Exactly. And, you know, I didn't know that much about the wraiths. I didn't know anything about them before I read it. Yeah. But they're a cool race of alien, you know, just from this little book. Definitely. You know, it's. I feel like they're portrayed as a whole different kind of species that yeah. aliens are normally portrayed as because they're not they're not like the, Martians yeah they're not like 100% oh we're here to conquer you know but they're mm-hmm. not the oh we come in peace huh, <laughs> aliens yeah they're definitely they have a almost more of a redeeming type story and what I mean by that is like their whole goal like we said earlier is to get off of the moon mm-hmm. you know because they're they're trapped on the moon right now and they're trying to finish what I believe used to be an ex, uh, an expedition that they were going to uh, invade Earth. Yeah, that's their goal. But at, you know, as things happen in our everyday and in our you know earthly lives, you know they got stranded and they've been stranded for some time. At the I think they ran of out comic. of fuel. Yeah, exactly. The, they they have a weird name for it. Yeah, it's called it was planet, some kind of energy. Yeah, planet something or, but they're like, oh, we're we don't have any of that, or we barely have enough to make it off. Right. And then, you know, the humans come and they're like, that's our ticket. Yeah. You know? And then they're like, oh, there's more humans. Because Earth sent two groups of humans up there. Like, one were, 
like special operations and the other ones were it was the first group the like ones that the american people knew about they were there almost like uh who was it who was the guy that landed on the moon oh you're talking about um is it, I want to oh, say Neil Armstrong. You're talking about in our ran, in our actual yeah. human history. Oh, uh, Lance Armstrong. Like, I know it was something Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong, yeah. Yeah, they're almost showing up there like him, you know? Because it takes place in that era. Because it shows that the girl there is the first female engineer working right. on the team. And so it takes place back in that era, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got to beat the Russians. And so it takes place back in that era, but yeah. the weaponry is more advanced. Yeah, it takes place during the space race. Yeah. 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 To say the least, it was an interesting book. I mean, it wasn't something that I would necessarily recommend, you know, to anybody. I'd recommend it to my dad. Yeah. If you're if you're somebody who's either into, you know, space race type stuff, or you just like sci-fi taking different twists, yeah, then like, this is like definitely a book for you. I would recommend it to my dad, just because my dad loves sci-fi. Yeah. Like, anything to do with outer space. And like It's not like my dad cares about real space. He only likes sci-fi space. Right. You know? Like, I don't know why, but I feel like I've seen every sci-fi movie that's ever came out just because of him. Except Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I've seen Star Wars. I was, like, 10, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. But, like, just any of them, especially with space, like, Andromeda, when that came out. Right, I've yeah. seen it with my dad. Because he just loves that type of stuff. Cool. I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah. It's great. I love the book. See, I, I, you get you get me reading comics, but novels, unless it's well, a Star Wars novel or something I'm super de duperty into, listen, then listen, I didn't read it. I listened to it. Oh well, audiobooks are a thing, and yeah. they're dope. I love that's the an only time book. I listen to it. Well, that's the only time I get anything that's not a comic book. Yeah, I just don't drive enough, like, cause you got to be on the go if you're gonna listen to an audiobook, or just be willing to sit there in your house and just listen and follow along, or just sit there and listen. I yeah. mean. Ultimately, you just have to have big blocks of time where you're, like, sedentary. Well, I used to do it when I played video games. Wow. Like, uh, like, Multitasking well, of it the was century. Like... <laughs> Audiobooks and playing video games. And I know what type of games you play, so you're not playing no simple just sit there. Well, like, I used you, to you. be into, like, Terraria and uh, Starbound yeah. and stuff like, like that. Minecraft. They're different. They're I know not they the are. Same. But still. But I used to play games like that where you spend a lot of time grinding. Well, yeah. not grinding, but, like, building up. Right. And so when I would play those, I would listen to them. Because if I'm going to sit there and play that game for an hour and a half, I can get halfway through a book, too. Facts. Never really looked at it that way. Especially those, like you said, the grinder-type games where you yeah. just got to really buckle down and just play lots of hours, many minutes Yeah. of just gameplay on gameplay. Jacob, what would you rate this book? Out of five. One through five. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Okay. Just because, well, like I said, I've seen a bunch of sci-fi stuff before because of my dad. And I don't mind sci-fi. You know, my favorite thing is cyberpunk stuff. Right. So, you know, I love sci-fi still. You know, that kind of rubbed off on me from my dad. But this isn't cyberpunk. This is true space dealing with aliens. Right. And so for that, I'm going to have to give it a 2.5. Depending on how the second one comes out, it could end up on my pool list. If Wow. You know, like, depending. But this one had such a build-up. Yeah, because we did. didn't get any action until like the last four pages, and that was killing me, dude. Like the first, what would you say, ten to twelve pages? Like yeah, if we're talking, you know, it was introductions. Oh, my. like there's such a large cast oh. in this book. Not only is there such a large cast in this book, but like it just all 
I felt like there was so much, uh, God, what is it called? Oh, it's, it's like, uh, exposition. There was so much exposition, like, just like you said, build up, you know, yeah. they sat there and wanted to feed us this and this and, and like, they really of, emphasized that the, com- that the, oh, man. the girl, um, Kiev, yeah. they really emphasized that she's, she's seen aliens before. Yeah. Like they push that so hard in this book, they reiterate it on I think three different occasions with her arguing with the rest of the crew yeah. because she's experienced it before and she doesn't want to like go out there empty handed without a weapon and like I just it was unneeded. It didn't need three iterations of it. I agree. And so with that being said, you know, I would highly recommend it. But at the same time, if you don't like sci-fi, if you're not the kind of person to get into this type of book, especially if you don't like something without action, if you're not a fan of drama, then this really isn't the book for you. That's why I have to give it a 2.5 because, like I've said several times, I like action comics more. Yeah. That's why I kind of stick to indie stuff because I feel like Marvel and DC have also tried to get more towards the more drama. Yeah. But how about you, Mac? What's your rating? I'm going to sit a little bit. I was... At first, I was just thinking after you said 2.5, I was like, hmm, that seems like a reasonable because that's literally dead middle. Yeah. But I'm just going to lowball a little bit more. I'm going to say 2. And the only reason I say 2 is because if I'm saying that this is a 2.5, then that means I think it has as equal an upside as it does downside. Yeah. I think that unless this book is less wordy in issue 2 and maybe presents like a different direction because you know what we were talking about about how it shows like the alien side of things or like you know the dire race side of things it didn't show the dire race side of things until a the last half of the actual book that we were reading yeah but then there was like that bonus like kind of almost prequel yeah is what i'm assuming well it had a it's they say it was a pre-book or something Something like that, yeah. Because there's the little asterisk. Right, yeah. And it says the pre-book. And I, when I saw that, I was really about to ask you, like, is, was there a pre-book that, like, released? No, there wasn't. Or something? And, and then I, I got to the end, and it was just literally, like, you finish the book. It says, you know, issue two, and then you flip next page. There's a five-issue, like, mini-story. Yeah. And I was like, who does this? Yeah, really. It was kind of confusing to have that almost prelude in the back of the book yeah. you know i would have preferred the book to have opened that way if, or at if least, you were going to give me that context at all they could have at least put it in the asterisk you know that it's yeah. at the back of the book because i was confused you know like normal like with marvel and stuff if they ever do that it's like check out uh ghost spider number two yeah for this you like know it'll give you a reference book yeah but that yeah. was just check out the pre-book like what does that mean exactly yeah and back to what i was saying about my rating I'll put it at a two because I would say unless this book is less wordy and you know focuses more on the dire wraiths rather than you know either the humans or if Rom actually gets like properly introduced into yeah. this like in the further issues I'd love that and it would boost it for me but I think this book right now as I'm reading number one I feel like it has more downside than upside so that's why I'm sitting at a two just slightly under fifty fifty. All right, number four on our list. I feel like even though we talked for ages about that, I feel like that we're always gonna, happens. Yeah, I like don't know we why. We put number five on the bottom, and then we end up talking like almost the most about it. 
Yeah. And it's not like we're trashing the book. We're like pointing out good things about the book. Yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty fair judges because we always point our good things, but we we don't leave out the bad. And when we have a comic that's that has more bad than good that we you know disliked about it, we still point out the good stuff. Like yeah. we're still like I you know appreciated this or I enjoyed this. But number four on our list is this Iron Man twenty twenty number one, written by Dan Slott. This book I. I'm not going to say I knew what to expect because I really thought that this was – I had heard through the grapevine that this was going to be Iron Man's cousin, not his brother. And so for that to kind of be a revelation midway through reading this book you know, was pleasant because I think having it more closely knit to the family makes more sense why he's a genius like that. you know. Because mm-hmm. if Arno's just kind of been the younger brother that was in the – dark for so long i mean it makes sense why he's ready you know and feels probably well prepared to step up and like he said himself in this book to take on the stark legacy yeah you know what were your favorite things about this book miss bane okay like i i you know i told you after i read it i wasn't i'm not a fan of arna i don't like him as iron man i'm not a big iron man fan to start with yeah neither you am know I. and so is his suit cool? Yeah. It, does he have a new... He has a different kind of cockiness about him than Iron Man. Right. And I think that's neat, yeah. you know, that he's just not a grade-A dick all the time. Yeah, I was about to say, he's not an ass. Yeah, but he's still cocky towards his, you know, rivals. Yeah. And, but really, to me, the more interesting characters were Miss Bane, who, for some reason, I don't know what it is about her yeah. as a character. I just find it interesting. Because she is a level of cocky. Yeah. Like, to not have superpowers, like, she's ridiculously cocky, and she'll put anyone down. Well, I mean, if you think about it, some of the smartest people in our history of the world, not just America, but of the world, I mean, if you're smart, that often leads to you, A, either, you know, just kind of babying or just kind of downplaying your your fellow, like, confidants yeah. or your, you know, that you're... Why are the words slipping my mind right now? Like, right in the middle of the podcast. I just can't think of the exact words I want to use. But, like, I guess your compatriots. Either way, the people that she works with, the people that smart people in history have worked with, like, mm-hmm. they're not always the nicest people, smart yeah. people, because they are cocky. Like, it, yeah. it's moved past a point of just healthy confidence, and now is much more than that. And in some ways, might even go as far as to be conceit. Well, one thing I liked about her character was she had, like, the way she's drawn, she looks like she would just be, like, a grade A dick. Like, yeah. she replaced Tony Stark as that in this comic, in this book. Yeah, for sure. I see but, that. But then, like, there were a couple of times where she wasn't that at first until, like, someone kept pushing her. Right. Like, um, Dr. Shapiro. Yeah. You know, in the book. Yeah. I was like, to remember that, I had to think of Ben Shapiro because that's yeah. how I remembered him. That's I mean, that's I, the first thing that I thought about. I thought just, they were going to throw shade at Ben Shapiro in the book when I man, read that. if they did, I would have laughed. laughed. But then they didn't. It just happened to be the, the cat's name. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I've seen, you know, at first in the interaction in the book, she wasn't mean about it. But then she was like, okay, your best friends was an AI. Ha ha. You know? Yeah. Like, don't feel special. Okay, you didn't discover this. The AI did. And, I mean, but she had to be pushed to that limit. Yeah. You know? I and, like that, though. Yeah. Like, she wasn't just, like, blatant, like, no, you're not that smart right. about it. And really, who I think is more interesting than her 
is Metal Man. Because he's like the front man yeah. of the AI army. Yeah, not he, the leader, not the brains. What did he call himself? Uh, uh, the field general. That's what he yeah, said. Yeah, and that's exactly what he is. He's the man on the ground. Right. You know, and I think he's interesting, you know, because he doesn't have eyes. Right. Because they're covered that is, up. That is kind of creepy. It's not even that he's wearing, like, glasses. glasses. He just has, yeah. like, gold there's nuggets. No, yeah, I was about to say, there's no frames. Yeah, he you just know? has, so like, gold glasses. nuggets over his eyes. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And I feel like when they break out Metal Man number one, I might pick it up. But as far as this book, you know, it has its moments. You yeah. know, Arno is cool. You know, he's Yeah, I would talking. say that I like Arno better than I like Iron Man. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Arno Arno cool. over Tony. Yeah. But still not one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, oh no. The character is still not one of my favorites, but it is, you know, it was enjoyable to read, to say the least. Which I don't really like the 2020 stuff. Like any of it? So far, I haven't liked too much of it. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, I went into it without high hopes of being <laughs> Iron Man and 2020. It yeah. did surprise me, you know. I did enjoy it more than I enjoyed the Spider-Man 2020. Definitely. Yeah. My dad and I were laughing so freaking hard about uh, the 2020 variants mm-hmm. yesterday. Because, like, all the variants, I mean, I'm sure you noticed while reading, and we can see it here on the cover, that he's got, like, gears on yeah. his shoulders or, like, cogs. Yeah. And... um when you look at all the 2020 variants leading up to this week when this book released, um, like there was one for Black Cat, there was one for Spider-Man, there was one for Hulk, there was one for Hawkeye maybe, but there was a whole bunch of them. And my dad just thinks some of the designs for those characters looked hilarious. Like this man was red in the face laughing at all these like just iterations of 2020 yeah. variants. A lot of the 2020 suits are over dramatic for no reason. Yeah. And that's one thing I like like we're in the year 2020 and nobody's wearing anything that looks like that and even if they were superheroes they still wouldn't be wearing anything yeah. that looks like that. I mean, like you know, okay, so this is a bad example, but you know people that dress over dramatic yeah. Like, people that wear, like, pit viper shades and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they took that embodiment of a person and let them design the costumes for 2020, you know? I get that, yeah. Like, the person that just dresses overdramatic normally. For sure. Like, is wearing, like, neon green pit viper glasses <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, no normal person dresses like that, you know? Fact. Unless you're, like, Riff Raff. Yeah, you know? Riff Raff is a goon. <laughs> Riff Raff is apparently the costume designer. God, I used to love listening to his songs. Some of his songs would just make me laugh. Yeah, he's funny. He's he, he's like he released. A I new wouldn't song. say he's like an anti rapper though. What does that even mean? An anti rapper's like Lil Dicky. Oh, like yeah. Lil Dicky makes fun of rap, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, Riff Raff. He he just has a persona. Yeah, like I was. Riff Raff's got Jody High Roller. Yeah. Like, that's his, like, baller personality is Jody High Roller. Yeah, and it's funny. But yeah. back to the charms, Mac. Back to the charms. We can add a music segment later. Facts. I would love that in the future. What would you say that – is there anything specific that you still want to talk about this or you want to go ahead and throw a rating on it? Because I don't really have much else to say about it. One thing I will say is if anyone thinks they're interested in this book – you know, like even if they don't read it, you know, right. or if they think they might be interested in some of the 2020 stuff, mm-hmm. open up the back page, just find a copy and open up the back page and look at the list of the follow-ups. Because there's so many like break-off series, like yeah, the Metal the Man, uh, Wolverine and all of that, yeah. that you may be interested in, you know? Like if you're a big Wolverine fan, you may just want to read I, Wolverine. 
right. instead of reading Iron Man. Yeah, that makes sense. And it might, you know, like we pointed out in this book, you see so many... There's one scene where they're in this place called the 13th floor. And for any of you who may be unaware, human beings don't create a 13th floor in hotels. I've known that for a long time. Not a long time, but... It's a fact, and it's because of superstition and yeah. just in the past, like supposedly when there were the early days of 13th floors, a bunch of different bad things have always happened on 13th floors. Mass murders, uh, fires start on 13th floors, just a bunch of crazy stuff. And so people decided to stop putting 13th floors in their hotels and in buildings. Um, in this book, though, they go to this place, and by they, I mean a small bomb disarming robot and metal man and they go to a 13th floor that is referred to as the what was it called again i don't remember they called it like or it was a A safe haven yeah it was a safe haven for ai but i was trying to think of exactly what he called it he called it like the ray it was made out of like the the room is completely made of light yeah, that's what it's a it big was. projector. Yeah, but it was kind of crazy because they can all exist there, and like we just said, it's a safe haven for all these rebel AI or yeah. these rebellious AI. So, and in that big scene, it kind of reminds me in some respects of like the cantina scenes in Star Wars, where you see all the denizens kind of yeah. doing their own thing. You know, some people are playing cards. It was some a very detailed drinking. scene. Yeah, it was. And if you're a big Marvel fan, you can point out multiple characters, like a big Marvel fan. If you know, you know, villains, heroes, the like, and just kind of even the niche ones, mm-hmm. then you can definitely pull up a lot more notable or excuse me, not a lot more notable characters, but a lot more individual characters than just Wolverine. Yeah. Like, they're, they're like, I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw Kang the Conqueror, um, the little bomb-disarming robot that's in Minuteman's arms when he, like, walks into the 13th floor. Um, he refers to someone as uh, Quasimodo. Yeah, he says Quasimodo. And when I was reading, I was like, Quasimodo? Yeah. I was like... I've heard that before. Yeah, I've heard that too, but I can't put a face to it. So if I looked at that page and actually saw that character, yeah. it didn't register. And uh, there's the one that they called, was it the Machine Smith? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's. I'm pretty sure this is his first appearance. Yeah. I don't think he's been in anything and I'm before definitely, this. I'm definitely not talking about uh, what the Minuteman showed, um, or Metal Man, excuse me, Minuteman. Yeah. Wow, that's history, U.S. history. But the the metal man, what he ends up showing the little bomb disarming robot there at the very last page. I'm not going to talk about that. If you buy this book and you see what I'm talking about, great. If not, oh well. You're just going to have to figure it out because it's, it's spoilery. I would say it was definitely spoilery. It's a big spoiler. Yeah. Because we've already given away that men man, well, metal man. I called it men man too. Yeah. See, I've already given away that metal man isn't the main bad guy. Yeah. You know? Saying he's like the field general. Yeah. So you know there's someone else pulling the strings. He's not the big brain. Yeah. Yeah. So there's someone else with a big brain pulling them strings. For sure. Jacob, what would you rate this book? You know, I think I gave Spider-Man 2020 uh, like a 2.5. Yeah. Or maybe a 2. Yeah. And just because I do like this one more, I'm going to give it a 3. Oh, you're talking about 2099. Yeah, 2099. 
Why did I say gotcha. 2020? 2020, just because, I mean, it was two different, uh, like, that was the big yeah. promotion of, like, yeah. kind of the December, you know, yeah. month and part of November, and then now we've got this whole Iron Man 2020. So they wanted to go into, like, distant future versus, like... I haven't, liked any, other, like, I haven't yeah. liked any other future stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's it's hard to wrap your head around because they almost make it harder to relate. And what I mean by that is, like, obviously we can still relate to the characters, mm-hmm. but what we were talking about, about pointing out tech, like, tech isn't ridiculous in the year 2020. Like, we don't have all this kind of crazy stuff, and obviously stuff like the Iron Man suit have to be there, but you don't have to have, like, you know, all this, like, for example, when son, when uh, Arno is having breakfast with Howard Stark and his mom, uh... When they're sitting there at the table, you know, Sunset Bane, when she calls, like, her head just pops up as a giant holographic yeah. notification. And it even t- we says where she works that. at. Yeah. It says Sunset Bane, and it says... um Bane Enterprises, or something like that. I think it's called ben- Banetronics. Yeah, Banetronics is exactly what it is. Banetronics Incorporated. Yeah. Yeah, but that pops up and everything, and... It, you know, we don't have tech like that, and I hate to be, like, nitpicky about it because ultimately that doesn't matter. But, yeah. like I said, it goes back to me saying it's harder to relate to. Well, I mean, like I've said before, I like cyberpunk stuff. Yeah. So, like, distant future technology, I love. Yeah. But, you know, I love technology stuff. Like Just period. I'm the yeah. kind of person where if I could have my house automated, I would. A smart house. You know, like, I would want a full-fledged one. Yeah. Like the Disney movie. I mean, it would be sick. Yeah. And I'm just that type of person. So, like, when I see stuff like that, you know, I think it's neat. But even then, I just didn't... The story was a bigger issue to me. Right. You know, like, I felt like it didn't really... It was very tiptoeing. Yeah. You know? I feel... I can see... I can sense that. You know, like, there was... They had almost too much action. Yeah. And that's coming from me. I like pretty violent, which is pretty... Just well, there all was, action. There was some slow moments, like we were talking about, with like the interviews and all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. But most of them were like leading up to more action. Yeah, you're you right. Know? They were transitions almost. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like an actual break in right. the story. The whole time he was just hunting down Metal Man. Mm-hmm. And if there was like a slight pause, it was just to tell a slight story element that gets shown later. Right. Either visualized or already, you know, spoken later. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem like they wasted, you know, some a few pages in this book. Like they could have done different things and gone in a different direction. And I mean, shoot, even ended on a different note. You know, where it ended was fine, honestly. But I wouldn't have said it was the best. Like it didn't get me super hype to read Iron Man twenty twenty part two, or yeah. it didn't get me super hype to read the next book in like the next tie in in this promotion. Well, the next one is Iron Man twenty twenty. Then it's uh, Metal Man number one. Got you. But yeah, I mean, I'm ready to throw my rating on this bad boy. Throw it out. My rating is going to be a three. I thought it was better than it was worse, or, you know, I thought it was a, a decent read. And like I said, you know, it didn't get me pumped up to read Iron Man 2020 number two, but I don't usually count a book out after the first one. I at least have to read two. Yeah. And sometimes even three. That's why I don't normally give low ratings. Yeah, I get that. But just sometimes, like, I mean, comparably this week to some of the other stuff, like, on our list, I, you know, I'm going to have a higher rating, a lot yeah. higher, and a lot more to say and talk about it, more in depth. Yeah, you're, you're going to geek. Yes. 
But so my rating would be a solid three, you know. Yeah, I mean, like the only reason I gave my three was because I didn't like Arno, but I did like some of the other characters. Got you. So I would like to see them more, but maybe not through Arno. Right. So you're sitting at a three rating on this as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Next up on our list is number three. And this was more of a Jacob pick than a me pick, but I still enjoyed what I got out of it. This is Jessica Jones Blind Spot number one. This book is not for kids. And I'm not saying that because this issue in particular was, you know, too yeah, violent. Or this ex- issue wasn't crazy. Yeah. The only real thing in this that would be classified as, you know, under the max label or just parental advisory. Well, it's not would, max. Yeah, it's not max. If max did it, it would have been worse. Oh, yeah. And see, I kind of wish max had done it because if max too. had done it, I might would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. Probably. It's almost it's almost borrowing a phrase that you just used. It's almost tiptoeing around what it could have been. Yeah. Because, I mean, imagine had it been made by Max. We might have seen Jessica straight up, like, clap those cops yeah, she in her just office. Yeah, she would have half with the table. Yeah. Like, because she's Jessica Jones. She can do that. Yeah, and that would have been awesome. I love Jessica Jones. I love the fact, one of my favorite low-key things, because he's only mentioned once, and he only makes an appearance once, but I love the fact that Luke Cage and their daughter, Luke's and Jessica's, uh, Danielle Cage. Mm-hmm. Both Luke and Danielle are in the comic in the beginning. Well, yeah, that's part of her life. And yeah, that's but one I thing. just love it. They didn't have to show that. They could have shown her doing like work and like PIing the whole time. Like they did most of the comic. Well, you talked about it tiptoeing around what it could have been. That was one of my favorite aspects of this book in particular was that it showed and this is one of the reasons I love all the Hill's Kitchen heroes, the Defenders, yeah. is because they are you know, normal people. Right. You know, like, it's not like Superman or, well, that was, this is Marvel, so I don't know why I said him. It's not like Spider-Man. You right. know, Peter Parker's a secret. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, they're not secrets. Daredevil's barely a secret. Yeah. You know? Iron Fist is barely a secret. Punisher, that man's not a secret. You nah, know, he's like, no he, secret. He shows his face. So, even though he goes by the Punisher, if you've seen him at Walmart, you'd know who it is. Oh, yeah. You know? So that's one of the things I like about them is they show a more human aspect. More human than the X-Men, you know? Well, I'd they argue. are more human than the X-Men because X-Men aren't even human. Well, yeah, they're... Well, but you know how the X-Men sometimes try to betray them as, like, they can live normal lives. Yeah. You know? But I feel like the Defenders does that perfect. Yeah. Of any of the, oh, yeah. of any of the teams, you know? Or any group of heroes. Yeah. Well, and, they have, like, a real... I mean, I think part of that has to do with the fact that they have an actual family within the those five characters that you just named you know yeah luke cage jessica jones iron fist daredevil punisher like of those five two of them are in a relationship and have a child so and like, they're all friends yeah and they're all cool yeah because daredevil makes an appearance as her lawyer yeah i mean punisher's edgy we never see that guy and i wish we got some more iron fist action but i'm just not that fortunate apparently yeah uh, you know he's one he's one of them that i do wish we would get more of and I don't know why. I feel like it's because I used to have long blonde hair, and the boy has long blonde hair, and like I had a connection. Hey, that's you should, then you should have a Thor connection too. I oh man, if someone besides Donny Cates did it, I might. Oh, he crushed <laughs> Donny. 
I'm dying over here. But I love this book. This book was good. For it to not have any action up until the end, yeah, like it kept my attention, and that's something that's hard to do. And the ending really shakes you, like yeah. to the core. You're like, okay, where the hell are we gonna open up issue two? <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, what's like, gonna happen? Like, how does this continue? Yeah, I would say my least. What would you say your favorite and least favorite part of this book were? My favorite part was when it showed her her pi senses yeah you know like whenever she was looking at the cops and it showed like he had um all their donut imperfections powder on his on his necktie and like it showed up as a little polaroid and it was like donuts or cocaine question mark donuts and stuff like that like those little notes and i really hope they use that a lot more in the second issue because it was only on that one page in this one and she does emphasize a lot on i'm a pi that just has superpowers yeah you know she's not like i'm a superhero first yeah, she and she mentioned that you know when it when that first scene was shown with the Polaroids, like basically pointing out all the flaws or all the little things that Jessica picked up on, like from the minute they walked in the room, she said, "This isn't part of my superpower. This yeah. is just me learning how to." Or this was you know my years of being a PI, you know, learning all of this. Yeah, it, it's just part of me now. You yeah, know? so. It was really cool to see that side of things, and I feel like if they had, I mean, they show lots of PIing in the of Jessica Jones in her Netflix show. Yeah, but if they had, man, if it was like that, like kind of in the way that they broke it down to where she's, you know, you're hearing maybe a whispering or a kind of like echoing like thought process like during the show, and she'd be like, yeah, he has like. A broken or like his the button on his left side of his shirt, blah blah blah. Second one down is like done. You know, I I think that would have gotten me a whole lot more invested in the yeah. Jessica Jones TV show because I only watched the first season of that, and then I heard a second one came out, but I just didn't ever get around to it. At that time, I I had also watched Daredevil, Punisher, and uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I had watched all those just a season in, and I'm pretty sure all of them got a second season at least before they ended. Iron Fist didn't. Iron Fist is the only one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Iron Fist didn't. Uh, well, Iron Fist was the last one to get introduced. He was the least popular one, too. That sucks, man. Yeah. Like, I ate... I, dude, there was like 12 episodes of that first season, I think, or like 11, something like that, mm-hmm. and I watched six one day and like six the other or like six one day and five the other it was the least well received of all of them and you know like talking about that i got some spec about that oh not not the spec we'll, we'll talk about that later yes we will jacob my favorite thing about this book was probably the family aspect like i said and then i think my least favorite thing was the ending because, like I said, you know, even though I liked it, it can still be my least favorite thing. Because my reason behind that being my least favorite thing is because of the now I'm going to have to sit here for a month and think about where that second issue is going to pick up. And more than likely, because this is on our top five this week, it may end up being one of our top five the week it comes out. Yeah, depending on what, you know, depending on what else comes out at that point. Yeah. I mean, unless some fire drops yeah. in the same week, then this number two is probably going to be on that list. Yeah. But I didn't talk about my least favorite thing. What was it? 
how little of a connection it showed between her and the girl, Dia. Dia, I think. yeah. Yeah, because, you know, they emphasized, oh, you knew her? And, you know, like, oh, you know, well, you know, well I'm not going to spoil anything. But there's a girl yeah. named Dia they're trying to investigate. And they're like, oh, Jessica Jones knows her. And they she's looking for information. But we don't even get, like, a nibble of, of, of any other connection they would have besides Jessica was her P.I., that's it, you right. know? And then it's the end of the comic. So kind of the same as you, the end of the comic, but I feel like it's for a different reason. Yeah. Because I like I have no clue what they're going to pick up number two with dealing with her. Yeah. I think the most of our dislike just has to be the lack of clarity for the rest of this vision. Like, we really can't see where the second issue is going to go yeah. other than the fact that Luke Cage is gone, like, at the end of this. Like, I mean, you remember, she was walking through her apartment or her house or whatever, and he, was, he wasn't was her there. office. Oh, it was her office. Yeah, right, she had just woke bad. up, and she was like, wake up, just go and walk home. Yeah. And then, it happened, then the ending. Yeah. So, so she wasn't even home, you know? Yeah. But she, she thought that bump in her uh, office was Luke Cage. Well, she said that. No, nah, she said but it wasn't Luke. Yeah, but Because it made her hair long. stand up. Well, not only that, but just that he's louder, too. Yeah, she was like, Luke's louder than that, and he was going to make my hair stand up. Yeah. And so it was like, ooh, who is it? And, of course, always a perp. Always somebody just sneaking. You know, if I had that many people coming into my office unaccounted for, I'd have some security. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I don't understand as a PI why she doesn't have cams. Like, I'd at least have, like, one hidden up in a corner or, like, as a P.I., being that they're so super sneaky, I'd have had one, like, in a bookcase or something, like, off to the side. Or With like, how many people break into her office, I would have everything bolted shut. I mean, not only that, like, like lock and key. Yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. Not, no locks, just, like, <laughs> deadbolt deck screws, you know? Like, Jeez, Rick. You like, trying to, like, lock it down? Nothing's opening. Down. Like, because... Yeah. With how what many kind people? Of secrets you got, Jessica. I'm good. That she's a good PI. I guess so. She get that juice, juice. No AB. <laughs> <laughs> she get that dirt. She picked up the whole rug. Facts. Oh, my. Well, what rating, would you rate it? I probably put like a. Because it did have upside, and there were things I liked about it. So I, I'm going to say like a 3.5. Like I'm not hitting four territory quite yet, but it's getting it's getting close. Like. If if issue two really picks up in an interesting way from where this one left off, mm-hmm. and it makes me more excited than this issue did, then that's four territory. Like I'm saying, we're knocking on the door of four territory. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave it at a three point five. Hmm. What about you? I'm gonna have to go with a four. Ooh, he hit the four territory. <laughs> because you know, like I've said, I loved this book. Right. It kept my attention without any action. Yeah. Well, with minimal action. And right. if you can do that, you deserve a four. Like the writer Kelly Thompson, yeah, she needs a promotion. She can keep my attention without action. Like if you can write something that I will sit there and pay attention to, mm-hmm. then you go. Yeah. And so it deserves a four. And I hope number two is even better. If number two is any better, then we might have a contender for my favorite Marvel. Oh boy! What? Character. Just off this one series. That's crazy. He, he's in the Jessica Jones. Oh, all right. This is something. I, I I mean, these next two books, but specifically this number two on our list is something I want to talk about because this <laughs> book is freaking awesome. I'm not at all a DC dude. 
if you if any of you who are listening to this podcast saw my top five earlier in the week late on tuesday night this book was the first ever number one from dc to hit my top five list my personal kessel run top five this book in every way just had me locked in from the first page of number one to the last page of number two because i didn't actually read the question the deaths of vic sage number one until night before last because i saw the cover of number two come out and i said whoa we got saloon doors and you know cowboy hat wearing a you know a a a gunslinger's not only a gunslinger's coat but also a gunslinger's belt like with the um what are they called holsters on it on both sides like oh boy yeah a bandolier man i just thought it looked awesome and i was like immediately gonna read issue one so i can catch up on this issue two man issue one was freaking awesome i loved it that's not what we're reporting on tonight though we're reporting on number two and like i said number twos has been on the list yeah like i said this number two was nuts i liked everything about it as i told jacob earlier i'm a sucker for well done books that have cowboys uh vikings or cowboys vikings or pirates and I yeah. mean, I like some ninjas too, but I don't like ninjas nearly as much as I like Vikings, cowboys, and. See, you feel the way about that stuff, like I feel about cyberpunk stuff. Probably so. Like, like if you put cyberpunk on something, I'm there. Like I'm yeah. on it. But if you put like a saloon door, you just have a glimpse of a saloon door. You're about it. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, I just really I like the whole premise of this, so. I am not at all familiar with the character, The Question. Mm-hmm. Really, really old character. So old that his first appearance isn't even in a DC comic. It was in a Carlton or Charlton comic, which is one of the independent uh, publishers that ended up being bought by DC. Yeah. And this character, The Question, had his first appearance in Blue Beetle number one. From 1967. So this character is the same age as my dad. This is that's interesting. Yeah. Dude, so I had no idea why this was called The Question, other than the fact that that's the character, but then it follows up with The Deaths of Vic Sage. Not the death of Vic Sage, but multiple. And so I was wondering, okay, what does that mean? Also... This book is written by Jeff Lemire and has art by Bill Sienkiewicz. Bill Sienkiewicz, his art both on the front of this cover and in the book is amazing. I love it. That's one of the things I did like about the book was the art. It's beautiful. Because I wasn't a big fan of the story. Really? Well, it was a good story. You know, I give it that. Like, it was a good story, but I feel like it would be a lot better in a movie or TV show adaptation. Oh, I love a TV show. Instead of... uh, a book like this like it was good don't get me wrong there were supporting characters i liked more right like the the witch gotcha. as they called her yeah i was about I to thought say she, she was, didn't ever get a I th- name i thought she was a neat character she was you know? cool and, and the fact that she like basically inherited the duty yeah. of like waiting for charlie and that error the arrow that she hit him with Whew. like that was obviously some kind of mystical stuff 
you know and this is in yeah. the western days yeah. so I say ooh what is this you know and as soon as you showed me this I immediately thought back of you know seven year old me my dad used to go off work super late come home like one in the morning he'd make a pallet we'd lay on the floor and we'd watch Justice League of America and that's the first thing I thought of when you said the question because I remember him on that show Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Oh yeah, the question. I've I know of the question. I'm not a fan or anything." See, you knew more than me about the question because before this book came out, before the number one, I had no idea who that was. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite characters on Justice League of America. I don't remember that much about him. Yeah, because I was a child. Yeah, but I remember him being neat. Mm-hmm. You know, like comparable to like how much I liked Martian Manhunter at the time. Yeah, and he is still one of my favorite uh, characters. Who, Question or Martian? Martian. The Martian Manhunter. Because the Question hasn't had anything. That's Gabe's Besides favorite. Besides that. Yeah, that's Gabe's favorite uh, hero. Yeah. Like, I think, period. Like, yeah. even over Marvel ones. Really? I'm not sure. That that I might be wrong. It might just strictly be DC, but, I mean, Gabe's not super duper into it like we are. You know, yeah. not nearly as into the comic culture as we are, but Gabe does and has been enjoying some Martian Manhunter. Issue number 12 of that series comes out in a week or two, mm-hmm. and he's loved every issue of it and collected all, all 11 up to this point. So, But with the question, I remember on the show... Yeah. For a bunch of episodes, he never took off his mask. Yeah. And there was one where he was, they were on the, sh- oh, well, it's, what's the center called in space that the Justice League has? Oh. I can't remember. I don't like the Justice League Yeah, anymore. I was about to say, well, I'm not like a D, I'm not very DC savvy. Me either. And I, I know, we all know what you're talking about. Yeah, though. it's the little center up in space. That yeah, Batman it's in the built. cartoon. Yeah. yeah. And um, they're standing up there talking, and someone's just like, we've never seen your face before. And he's just like, okay, and peels it off. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it had, it had a little me shook. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting it. But what did he look like? You have red hair, blonde hair. He didn't show hair? his hair. Well, he had oh. black hair in the series because gotcha. he wore a hat and you could see the sides. So his right. hair wasn't covered. Right. It was just his face. Yeah, there's another thing that I'm kind of confused about about the character of the question or Vic Sage is so in the first issue of this series in particular, mm-hmm. he is a redhead, and uh, I mean it takes place in current day. He dies in current day. And then at the very end of the issue, he wakes up in the Wild West because he's wearing cowboy attire and he basically walks up to this ranch just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You know how far the houses and the land is spread apart. It's like, you know, there's a house in the middle of nowhere. So he like walks up to it. There's a kid outside and the kid's like, you know, he's really, really tired. He's like, water, water, basically kind of like almost zombified just being so tired and half dead. That, um, and the kid just looks back at him and was like, But, mister, you have no face. And that happens in this one. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that at the end of this issue is exactly what happened at the end of the first one. Hmm. Yeah, like exactly. So, who's going to be next? Yeah. Well, you know, it changes. Yeah, what I love, and see, what this is a point I was going to talk about earlier. I didn't really know what this was going to be about, with it being called the question and the deaths multiple yeah. of Vic Sage, how is somebody going to die more than one time if they're not invincible? And so, like, that's what I thought in my head. And so after I read the first one and he dies at the end of the first one and wakes up in the Wild West and at the end of this one, he dies at the end of this one and wakes up in the 1940s. Yeah. 
it's just so cool. Like maybe his character, even though he's not super really in any way, like he has you know well, amazing he has a, the detective. one job. Yeah, he has the one job to kill the man with like a thousand faces. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, you know, I don't know if that's his main like his arch nemesis. I, I haven't learned is. enough about the question to know. I mean that this. Issue number two in particular, if anyone doesn't know the character of the question, I feel like this really gives you kind of an origin story almost. Yeah, and one thing, so like I've said before, I know about him from Justice League of America. One of my favorite things about this book, because like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Yeah. But there were some moments I liked, and one of them was when he was going in the tunnel, Yeah, and it shows the other version of him. Yeah. That's the same one that's in Justice League of America. With really? the blue trench coat. And the little hat and oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same one from Justice League of America. Yeah. So I might have to read book three just because of that. But that might be the last one because that's the only version of him I care about is yeah. Justice League one. I feel that. Oh, man. I could talk all day about this book, but then I'd take up the you entire do, you podcast. You were big geeking about this book earlier. Dude, because like, this book, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm I don't even really want to talk about it anymore. I want to tell you what my rating is. What is it, Mac? My rating is definitely like a 4.5. Like, this book, the only way this could have been better is it is probably once issue 4 wraps up and I actually understand what the whole, like, transition and what the vision, as I, you know, said again, uh, referencing earlier when we were talking about our lack of vision on seeing where the Jessica Jones is going to go. If this ends up having an excellent issue three in the 1940s, I think that's a really cool era, too. Yeah. So, like, issue three is setting up to be good. Okay, boomer. No clue where issue four is going to set up. But I'll tell you what. My day would be made if it was during the funk, if it was during the 70s. Throw it 30 more years, like, into the future from that 40s book. At the end of that, let him die there and then let it let him wake up in, like, 75. Boy, I'd be hype. But either way, I want more clarity on this character, the question, and I'm definitely locked in. Like I said, a 4.5, I'm undisputably going to end up, no matter what the cover looks like for 3, no matter what the cover looks like for 4, no matter if the trajectory of this is just going to completely blindside me. I'm reading 3 and 4, and I suggest anybody who still hasn't kind of dabbled into the DC Black Label books, or these like magazine size bags, what they or magazine size comics, what they're referring to as prestige format, I highly suggest you find a character or a book that you really, really like, and get involved, because it's amazing. I... I I just love the black label stuff. I won't willfully read um, any of the DC material, really, as far as stuff outside of it being on our top five. But I really was happy with, once. I, like I said, I saw this cover number two, and I was like, got to go back and read number one. So I went back and read number one, and I was elated to find out that I finally found something in DC that really fits my fancy, you know? I feel like a lot of minor characters in DC are cool. Yeah. That's one thing that and that's one thing I feel like they struggle with showing is the cool minor characters. Definitely. So, you know, like like you said, I knew about the question before. Yeah. You know, it wasn't new to me, but like you see how hype you got about it. 
Right. You know? And I feel like if they could get more people like that, DC might have a comeback. Man, DC might need to release a Booster Gold. I mean, I know one uh, guy who'd be ready for a minor character like that. Uh, Booster Gold's not minor. He's the best. He's like, I would say that if I had to rate him as like a rating, like A through F, mm-hmm. like a school rating, I would say that um, Booster is probably like a B minus, C plus character. Only because people don't, like you just said, you know, he's he's a minor character because he doesn't, he only makes appearances seemingly in other people's books yeah. and in other people's stuff. He doesn't have his own ongoing or even a mini series right now. And when was the last time he did? Like 90? Wasn't that what we found out? Or something like that? Or like 83? Like it was like... There was one in the early 2000s Okay, that he had. Got you. But there hasn't been any that were like... There hasn't been probably any in like 15 years, or at least 10. Yeah. Yeah. Because the last thing he was in was like in 2014, he was a part of a group as a minor character. But I think he had one more before that, and then he had the original one, which is the one that I have most of them at my house. Right. My like prized possession comics. Yeah, that, that, what is that? Uh, How long is that run? 25? Yeah, I want to say it's like 25. Yeah. Because I think I have 20. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite. Like, you know, he is my favorite DC. That should be, like, your grail run to finish. Like, you should just slowly collect. I only like, need, like, seven of them more. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But and like, most of them are, like, $2. Damn. Well, I would have jumped on that if they if they really are. It's like, the number one that's, like, 55 and then there's, like, number 12, which is more than that because it's the yeah. origin. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it makes sense. That's why they got to be. But if I could find them at a... And with those, I don't want to buy them off of eBay. I want to find them at a convention or something where I can yeah. see them before. Yeah, not you only know? you can see them in person, but you could also probably negotiate for yeah. like a lower price. Yeah, I don't want to get it just off of eBay where I have to trust, you know, when the guy says, oh, they're in very fine condition, and then I get it and the back page is missing. Then I'm going to be oh, livid. Yeah, that would be awful. Imagine so, one of the like story pages being gone. Ooh. I'd be with it. That would be critical. So what was your rating on the question? For my rating, this is going to affect my rating a lot. Ooh. Was there a character, because I didn't read number one. Mm-hmm. Was there a character like the witch doctor in number one? No. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Because if there was like, if she was a recurring character yeah. in like each of his lives, mm-hmm. that like met him and was like, it's your duty to get the man with a thousand faces, then I might would give it a three and a half. Right. You know? Because yeah. I thought she was interesting. I want more backstory on her. You know? Because I get it. The other witch doctor saved her life. Told her to sit there. She shot a weird arrow into a guy's head. Oh, yeah. That was definitely made bewitched. Him, made him look like he had was hit with the pendants there. You know? Like, he looked like he was seeing stuff. Oh, yeah. It was so, augmented. Yeah. So, I want to see some more about her. I don't know why, but with all these books, I'm like in minor characters. I mean, hey, minor characters are a lot of time the best characters. Why do you think they have an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor? Like, I mean, because the minor characters are often just as important as conveying the story, you know, that a lot of people would believe major characters are. But major characters obviously are your major characters. Yeah. But so with my 4.5, and you said a 3, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That ends our uh, discussion on number two on our list. You know why this next one's going to be high for me. Yeah. This next one and our number one on the list coming in at Ruins of Ravencroft, Sabretooth. This book was awesome. It was great. 
I put this book on my top five earlier this week only because I really, really like Frank Thierry. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. It looks like that's how you say that. Like Thierry, wouldn't you say? Um, let's see. Uh, T-I-E-R-I? Yeah, Thierry. Yeah. T-I-E-R's Thierry. So. Yeah. I like uh, Frank Thierry. His writing is really, really good. Um, yeah. the, my first exposure to it was reading the Lethal, the Absolute Carnage Lethal Protectors three-issue series. Yeah. Phenomenal. Loved every bit of it. Is he doing the writing for all of the Ruins of Ravencroft? Yeah. Or just all, the three parts? The three tie-ins and the actual five-issue miniseries of okay. Ravencroft. I'll probably get on the five-issue. But oh yeah, I love this book. Number the the Carnage one that happens before this one, it was okay in my opinion. But this one, I don't know if it's a fact that I love Wolverine. This has three of my favorite characters in it, and one of them I didn't expect to be in it. And I actually like oh. connected the dots when I was reading it because I asked you about it. Yeah, because. It's a great story, and you know when you're dealing with a mad scientist, there's only so many Marvel people it could be. Oh, for sure. And so you know, I immediately had small speculation, but then when you see his shadow, and you know, I asked, I was like, "What does this look like?" Just to make sure I wasn't seeing things. And they got my boy, Mister Sinister, Nathaniel Essex, has a villain back in the heyday of Ruins of Ravencroft, which I think that is that's great. Considering the fact that he's from nineteen or eighteen fifty nine, yeah, you know, and he worked with Charles Darwin, like that is miraculous. That is crazy that he found his way into Ravencroft. But I mean, he he's always been kind of that that scientist that's focused on the biology and the genetics of things. And yeah, he, that's he's, his. That's he his believes deal. in survival of the fittest. Exactly, and that's why he is what he is. Right, and part of his quote unquote fittest is just if he's getting close to death. Let me fix myself. You yeah. Know, let me let me keep this going, and that's why we've got Nathaniel Essex, aka Mister Sinister, in House of X and Powers of Ten, and all this new Dawn of X series, and now he's a resident of Krakoa. Like I he's mean, he's part of the Marauders. Yeah, he's he's definitely deeply ingrained in all that is Marvel history. Yeah. I mean, he's been around a hot minute. Yeah, and I. You know, he's one of my favorite characters ever since I was little. And they had them action figures where you could build a Galactus. Yeah. And I had one that was Mr. Sinister. And ever since I had the action figure, I didn't even know nothing about Mr. Sinister. But I had that action figure. And ever since then, that man was engraved. Yeah. In my mind. Has one of the best characters yeah. that Marvel's ever put out. Just off of his action figure. I never read any of the books or anything. Yeah. But it always stuck with me. And so, like, now that I'm reading comics a lot more, I just love me some Mr. Sinister. So if uh, Mr. Sinister and Doctor Doom were to have a face-off, like, yikes, what side are you sitting on? I mean, like, Sinister could... Sinister is more powerful because he can uh, manipulate you on a molecular level. So he could just, like, make Doom melt. Oh, I think Doom would and have he has some telekinesis. Sort of, I think Doom would have some sort of like parameters set up for that, like you know, almost kind of like auxiliary. I don't know. I feel like I don't think Doom's gonna get taken down by like just basically what you were saying, being like melted or like affected on a molecular level. That man is gonna use some of that magic that he learned from Strange. Man, you just or something. bringing that up because I told you that. <laughs> You wouldn't know that fact without me. Okay, the one thing that would make Doom win is his baby mama, Morgan Le Fay. 
Well, she was mentioned in this, yeah, wasn't that, she? That's what yeah. I said when I was reading it. And I was like, oh, my baby mama. Like, that's nice. why, because it was Morgan Le Fay, and I love Morgan Le Fay. I don't like that witch. Yeah, you don't like her. I love her, because she's magic, and it's great. She's an interesting character, but she just flip-flops too much for me. Like, she'll, 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 she basically goes based on her own agenda. That's how most other characters I like are. Yeah. If you haven't noticed. Yeah. Like, Doom. Yeah. He does what he wants. Mr. Sinister, he does what he wants, literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's his he, whole character. Yeah, like, he, he had to be coaxed into coming to Krakoa in the House of X and Powers of X. Yeah, I haven't, or, read, I haven't read all of them. I haven't yeah, read any Powers of them. Powers of 10. But, like, you know, he literally just, they do what they want. My true favorite Marvel characters has, oh, if we're not talking just X-Men, yeah, they do what they want. Yeah. Even Wolverine. Yeah, he's still just morally upright. That's really the only difference between Wolverine and the rest of the characters we were just mentioning. He always does what's good for goodness sake. What? I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't I would agree with that completely. Okay. Well, uh, that's why it's a debate. That's why uh, we're... You know, I can't back that up with fact, but I feel like somewhere along the lines of the Wolverine comic books, there have been some situations where he wasn't morally upright. I can't name them off the top of my head. Yeah. Because most of the times where I like Wolverine is when he is morally upright. And really most times I like Wolverine is his X-23 interaction. God, that is so cool. I wish they would make a Wolverine and X-23 miniseries or an ongoing. Like, have something that, since both of them are alive and living on Krakoa right now. And both of them are, like, dude, do that. popular in pop culture. Yeah. Too. For sure. You know? Like, Wolverine's always going to be popular. And one thing about talking about Wolverine... And Sabretooth in this book, this has three of the oldest mutants in it. It does have three of the oldest mutants in it. I yeah. thought that was kind of a weird thing. I really, really like the uh, surprise that we get from the female doctor. Yeah, that was interesting. <sighs> that we have, so we have did not see that coming. Well, technically, if they, if you consider that a mutant. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't consider a mutant. Yeah. I was just saying the surprise. Like, it was yeah. surprising. I thought she was just a normal. So, we got three of the oldest mutants and three of the hairiest people in the Marvel Universe. Yep. All <laughs> up in this book. <laughs> For real. I didn't even think about that either. But, what was your favorite and least favorite part about this? This book. In particular. Mm. My favorite, story-wise, was, and this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. Right. But when Fisk looked into the doorway and he seen all the bad right. that happened in the room and no one else could. Uh, that's my favorite story-wise, you know, because that's interesting. Like, hmm, you know, why did only Fisk see it? Right. But my favorite one talking about that I personally just loved was whenever you see Dr. Essex and his shadows there and you can see the cape with the diamond in the middle and the diamond on the forehead. Yeah. And that was, like, the hint that told me, like, oh, that's... Because I didn't put it together when they called him Dr. Essex. Yeah. You know? And for reasons, like, with the who with the the question book, his yeah. name is Victor Zaz. There's two characters named Victor Zaz. Right. And you just switch two of the letters around. Right. You know? And the DC universe. Yeah. And so, like, so whenever I read names sometimes, I'm not like, you know, I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. That's, that's not him. But then I seen that picture, and I was like, oh, that's the boy. But there wasn't really anything I didn't like about it. This is probably going to be my highest-rated book. I get that. I mean, there wasn't a lot to gripe about in this book. This book I love asylums. A, yeah, like that's one thing I always have found fascinating, and I feel like it's because my aunt really loves ghost hunters. 
yeah. and just all that paranormal stuff. Right. So I've always loved like asylums and stuff like that. It's always an interesting concept to me. Is the fact that like, oh, you're mentally insane, so we have to lock you up. <laughs> like that's just weird. Like I feel like that's a weird mindset. You what, know? That like when to someone's feel that way about somebody, like, yeah. that you have to like lock them away. Yeah. I feel like that's an odd mindset for people to have, no matter what the time period is or what your excuse is. Yeah. Like, and the fact that you can get several people to go along with it, you know? Like, it's not like it was one guy that felt that way. Right. Yeah, it was a whole community. It was yeah. a whole workforce. Yeah, and that's yeah. one thing that I was just like, wow, you know? Right. I think my favorite thing about it was probably wolverines like tie into it so even though this book is about saber tooth almost everywhere where saber tooth pops up wolverine can't be far behind and definitely al- and almost vice versa and the reason i say almost vice versa is because wolverine's had a lot of his own material and stuff yeah and saber tooth will pop up periodically and of course when he does they have to scrap but yeah. there's been a lot of wolver a lot more wolverine stories that didn't have saber tooth involved than there yeah. have been saber tooth stories that didn't have wolverine involved i haven't read my saber tooth comics that i have at the house you to should see, to see if wolverine's in them he probably i mean if it, it you said it's a mini series yeah right? it's a five part oh yeah then i i would almost bank on wolverine appearing in just one. Oh yeah like i i put money on that but my favorite part like i said was wolverine's you know appearance in this i really like the fact that uh he's been experimented on and he's kind of been nathaniel essex you know aka mr sinister he's been mr sinister's kind of holy grail yeah. like he's he's been waiting he's been to get his hand count. yeah he's been waiting to get his hand on this specimen yeah and he says that in this book and he's ready to start doing because sabertooth is ready to kill him yeah sabertooth you know, he, Mr. Sinister looked over at Sabretooth when he entered the when Mr. Sinister entered the cell at which Sabretooth and Wolverine were lying in. Uh, Sabretooth was one just the whole time was basically biting at the nail to just you know end him, like yeah. you said. And but then when Mr. He, Sinister was like, "Nah, you better keep your hands off of this, otherwise I got something for you." Yeah, he was like, "I have two specimens yeah. downstairs." <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I really love the fact that Sabretooth immediately just listened to that and was like, all right, you know, we can do that. He was going to dispose of anybody else. He just wanted to get his rage out. He was going to kill, you know, the woman before she had her transformation. One thing that I found was interesting about that, the Sabretooth being so obedient to somebody, Yeah, that, like, really shows the borderline difference between Wolverine and Sabretooth. Yeah. Since, like, you know, you said they go hand in hand. Like, Wolverine wouldn't have done that. Yeah, no. You know? Like, oh, no. It doesn't matter who it was. You know? Like, if Wolverine didn't agree with it, he wouldn't have done it. Right. Where that really shows the difference between him and Sabretooth. Yeah. He's where a even, lot of times, Sabretooth is an obedient character, even though he shows, like, a wild side yeah. and will go, like, full rage and rip you apart. He is obedient. He's almost that character that's, like, that loose cannon that he's just ready for you to let his leash go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's basically what He's that rabid dog that you're just holding back by the leash, and as soon as you let go, he's about to start ripping. Yeah. Tearing, ripping, biting, scratching. He's mucking people up. Yeah. But I think my least favorite part, after my favorite part being Wolverine's whole appearance and him saving the day kind of halfway, you know, in the past, um... I really, really dislike the 
ending. I know I, I, I'm, I, I have such an issue with endings for comic books because <laughs> if they don't end how I feel like they should, then I'm like, hmm, well, like, where is this going to end up? And how it kind of ended up, most of this book, the meat and potatoes of this story took place in the past. Yeah. The book didn't. The book started in the in present day and ended in present day. Yeah, and where it ends in present day, Misty Knight basically gives Wilson Fisk, you know, aka uh, Kingpin, kind of an empty threat almost. And then the book closes out, yeah. and I was just kind of like, okay, so they just basically found this creepy room with a whole bunch of freakish experiments maybe gone wrong or something like that but like as you brought up like wilson fisk was the only one who could see him yeah like because they were like what's wrong with wilson you look like you've seen a ghost or did the ghost see you yeah you know and so it was just i don't know it was it was kind of crazy i hope that uh where this even though this book is a one shot dracula is gonna pick up where this left off and ultimately when it comes to dracula i'm just I'm kind of confused, you know. It, it, I hope it picks up at a good area. I hope Ruin or uh, the Ravencroft miniseries itself is stellar because if you know, if not, man, I'm gonna be hateful or not hateful. Excuse me. I'm gonna just really be sad to have to report on some negative Frank Thierry because, like I said, you know, his work on Absolute Carnage, Lethal Protectors, was some of my favorite comic book reading of 2019 i didn't read it because i didn't get into absolute carnage yeah but well i mean you're not like super big on like the symbiotes i mean yeah like, you like i think venom's a cool fair amount yeah but that's carnage is a little extra though yeah like, i feel like that's why i don't like them yeah carnage is that extra dimension beyond venom that's just kind of like okay somebody had too much creative freedom in this guy yeah like just creating him like venom just like the big brute that will kill you but yeah. then like carnage is he's like, also an anti-hero like yeah. venom venom's still like in his early days he was a villain and sometimes he's still portrayed as a villain but he is known now as like the lethal protector meaning lethal like, you can die from me, and you, you may die from me, but yeah. ultimately he's a more of a protector than a harm doer. Yeah. Or, you know, someone who's harmful to society. Yeah. All right. Jacob, since you said this is probably going to be your highly most highly rated book this week, what are you sitting at? What's your rating? I, so I'm really hoping that this Ravencroft series is going to be fire. So I'm going to have to give it a four and a half. Okay, so you're matching my rating on the question. Yeah. Okay. I'll I have this book sitting at probably a 4 for me. Like I liked it and being that the only downside for me was the ending, just kind of not understanding why it would end there instead of ending in the past uh and continuing the story from there, considering the fact that Well, the that, last one did. Carnage ended the same way. Yeah. I guess I guess it's easier for me to have read like that whole carnage tie-in issue before I read this one because the whole carnage issue, like I said, I read all the absolute carnage stuff, every single tie-in and all. So that in the plot, like the overarching storyline of this is still has ties to Null, has ties yeah, to you, the symbiote cult. I, all that was familiar. Yeah, you me. and Cameron were reading it. Y'all were like, "This is Cletus's great great grandpa." Exactly. Know? That's Noel. You know, and I, 
I didn't know like I knew who it was, but I wasn't like, oh wow. Yeah. But when I was reading this one, it didn't geek you out. Yeah, this one geeked me out. Like as soon as I seen the picture on the wall, you know, yeah, and I was like. I think that's Mr. Sinister, and I pulled it up on my phone. It's the Wikipedia picture from Mr. Sinister. Yeah, the same exact photo, yeah. just bigger. Yeah, and I was like, oh my, it's got my boy in it. And that's why it was so highly rated for me. It had three of my favorite characters in it, and it had asylums, and so I was just geeking over it. It was an amalgam of Jacob Love Potion, basically. Yeah, like, if if Marvel was going to write something for me, it would be that. <laughs> like <laughs> That makes sense. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to move into our spec category and our news category. Jacob, take us away. All right. So, the first thing I've, the first talk about, I actually didn't write down, but I feel like it's very interesting because Wolverine, we've been talking about Wolverine a lot with this last number one, but him and Spider Man are rejoining the Fantastic Four and their next major event, which is called Empire, which actually has them fighting the Kree. Got you. So the alien race? Yeah. Scroll and the Kree are going at war with Earth. Huh. And the Fantastic Four has to defend them instead of, like, normally having... Well, the, the Scroll normally fights the Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, instead of the Avengers defending Earth, but, I mean, it's the Kree. Yeah. So, of course, it's Fantastic Four. Right. But I thought it was interesting that they chose to get Wolverine and Spider-Man with it. Yeah, that is an interesting take because I think uh, in this, you know picture that we're seeing as like the article picture or the front cover of yeah, this ooh. is the actual cover Ooh, that's pretty yeah. i like that i like the blue costumes on everybody i'll say the only thing that kind of confuses me is right now i would think that if the fantastic four was the traditional fantastic four mm-hmm. then we would see invisible woman and reed richards and the thing and but none of them are there like the four people who are on the front cover. Oh, that's written by Dan. Oh, but that's Fantastic Four twenty one. Yeah, it's, this is the twenty. This is Fantastic Four twenty one starts the Empire. Oh, thing. okay. Yeah, it's the gotcha. start of it. See, it's the Avengers, Fantastic Four, but those those are the only two characters that's in the first yeah. arc. So okay, so again, my point. What I'm confused by if this if those two characters, Wolverine and Spider Man, were just joining mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four then I feel like it would be six people on that front cover. But because there's only four people on that front cover, and it's Spider-Man, Wolverine, uh, Valeria uh, Valeria Richards, which is their daughter, and then Franklin Richards, which is supposedly the most powerful mutant I mean, Franklin could history. clap all of them. So yeah. I, mean, oh, I don't yeah. even know why the rest of them is there. Right. But my whole thing with it is, like, I think that cover is absolutely beautiful. That's something that, honestly, in my opinion, who who did the cover art for that? Oh, let's see. It here. looks fantastic. Cover by Nick Bradshaw. That is a CG. That's a slabable cover. Yeah, that just purely based. Is. Just purely based on the cover. It's beautiful. It's very detailed. And as I said, you know, see how often do you get to see Wolverine and Spider Man with a four on their chest, dressed in black and blue? Especially Wolverine. Yeah, because Spider Man's been heard of several times. Yeah, and helping Wolf, the Fantastic uh, Four. Yeah, I was about to say he he being in New York. I mean, it's kind of well. I guess the X Men were in New York for a while, weren't they? Not New York City, New York, but like upstate New York. Yeah, yeah. For a so, while they were upstate, so they're not too far away. But it looks interesting, and I had a customer who kind of jumped the gun. I haven't actually read the Marvel or uh, the March solicitations yet. 
but I had somebody come in maybe 10 days, two weeks ago, something like that, and ask me. They were like, do you have the new Empire number one? And I was like, excuse me? And, you know, it kind of worried me because it was a book that obviously he was talking about with, you know, a lot of knowledge or a pretty good amount of knowledge. But he didn't actually say, you know, it has this character, this character, this character. He said it was Marvel. And so that really had me shook. Once he said, you know, this new Marvel title, I was like, what? You know, you've got something, you know, you're talking about something that I don't have in the shop. And Marvel obviously is our highest, I mean grossing comic but also like just in general i mean i feel like i have more people who are into marvel comics that shop here at the shop than dc or indie i mean indie indie by itself might equal marvel yeah because i do have a big which this is a tie-in yeah and but it's a beautiful tie-in as i said like that that's a slappable cover in my opinion the webs yeah the the way he colored the webs are immaculate they're almost pink yeah, and his suit actually has the underwings. Yeah, I love that. That's classic Spider-Man action. Yeah, that's something that they don't do in a lot of suits anymore for some reason. And that's one of the reasons I actually like Spider-Woman's suit. Yeah. Is because, well, she can actually fly with it, though. Yeah, that's awesome. But I like the underwing look of it. I don't know why it's not like that's more spidery or anything, yeah. but it's just neat. Yeah, it has nothing to do with like the biology of a spider. Yeah, it's just a cool like uh, detail they add right. in sometimes. And so, I thought you would be interested in this, because we were watching... We started watching Silver Surfer, and it had the Kree in it. Yeah. Yeah. But we need to finish that. But We do need to finish that. On to some more spec that we have today. And, oh, this is not the one I wanted to talk about. So, one of the other ones I wanted to talk about with you was Doctor Strange 2. It's supposed to show some of the current mutants that are in the MCU. God, I love that, man. That movie Including I- Wolverine and Deadpool. Are supposed to make wow. an appearance in Doctor Strange. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a rumor of Wanda being a villain. Well, maybe maybe her dark energy that she controls corrupts her or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean there there's so many ways her that you and can make that probably wouldn't work. be a villain, right? You know? Yeah, unless Doctor Strange just did something like to pee her off. Yeah, and she was like, "Nah, homie, I'm stronger than you." Yeah, you I'll know? take you down. And they had like a battle of magic. Right. That would be intense, though. That would be an awesome action sequence in the movie. They think, yeah, the, you know, they, there's like that joke with like the Avengers that, oh, yeah, they always destroy New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange versus Wanda would cap it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think just the two of them fighting would probably, you know, level the city. Yeah. Not in a, like, brute strength type way, like the way it would with Hulk, but just maybe things would just cease to exist. Yeah. You know? Like... Maybe they just warp everything to a different reality or like just, you know, imagine if they turned back Earth's time or just something ridiculous like that, you know? That'd be insane. Yeah. You know, like that would be truly crazy. And so I thought that, and you, you know, we've had a lot of spec going on about Doctor Strange 2 with them having a no-name director now. After the other guy That's got exciting fired. though. Like as I said, you know, that gives that no-name director or that, you know, director with very little imdb history that gives him a chance on the big stage and you know if he actually knocks it out of the park and becomes you know one of the best upcoming directors great you know especially working with disney oh yeah because disney likes to keep the same ones exactly but that's the equivalent of landing like the best job security you can have as a director 
Yeah. You know, it was working for Disney, in my opinion, with how many companies they own now. Yeah. Like that's though you even if they don't use you in like the MCU per se, like they'll definitely bring you in to find another way to use your abilities. Yeah. Even if it was something like less on the physical, you know, actual being there directing end and more on like a producer end. Yeah. Yeah. Just basically picking your brain and using you as a good person to like talk to. Yeah. And that's one thing that I found was really interesting about that. So Moving on to something that is releasing on my birthday, which I wasn't really hyped. Which I'm not hyped about the Eternals, but that's the next thing we got some news about. The Eternals. Which I don't really know too much about the Eternals. I don't either. I've been doing some personal research lately. I bought the facsimile of number one, and I've been reading it at my apartment. I say been reading, even though it's just a single issue, because... I sat down and started reading it, and it kind of started out slow, and I read three pages, and then I got busy with something else, and then I picked it up again and read four more pages, and then I was about halfway through, and I was like, eh, this is pretty good, but like like I said, it started out slow, and I was kind of confused at its progression, and so I ended up putting it down, and I haven't finished it yet, but I'll probably make my way back to my apartment this weekend, and just finish it up like just read all the way through sit down and dedicate 15 minutes 10 minutes to just you know crushing it and seeing if it actually is something that i'd like i mean the more marvel movies in my opinion the better because at this point there hasn't been one that they really dropped the ball for me this one is seeming like it's coming up with some heat all of a sudden i hope so newsarama released a synopsis for the eternals and in the synopsis, they say that it ties into Avengers Endgame. And following the events of that movie, a tragedy happens. And some, uh, okay, an unexpected tragedy forces some, let me read the whole thing. So the whole synopsis is Marvel Studios, The Eternals, features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years following the events of Avengers Endgame an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. I think that kind of, like, that just sounds awesome. Like we both said, we don't really know all that much about the Eternals, but if the Eternals, if their opposite or, like, their natural enemy, their nemesis is the Deviants, that is the coolest group name ever. Yeah. I would love to be like my group to be called the Deviants. It just sounds devious. I mean, to just kind of keep it in that same field. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that, there you go. The Deviants Marvel or Deviant. I'm just gonna comics. do this one for comics. But you know, I thought that was really neat that it follows Endgame because everyone thought that after Endgame they were just gonna like restart kind of. Right. You know. Yeah. Or just tell a whole new story, but they're still keeping it rolling. And I always thought they would just kind of fix the... I never thought they were going to end because, you know, as we've said a thousand times, that's a cash cow for Marvel... Or, excuse me, for Disney. They're not going to stop Marvel movies or Avengers movies, but the Avengers are going to change as they yeah. have in the comic. You know, the the original Avengers team is not the Avengers team that takes place in the comic right now. So I just assumed that, you know, a few of the characters we lost, like Iron Man and Endgame and, you know, anybody else, like anybody else who's not around anymore, I just assumed we're, we're going to have their spots filled by younger, more ready at this point characters for 
the Avengers. You know, the event team teams are constantly going to change throughout time. As we were saying a second ago when we were talking about that new Empire book that comes out in March. I mean, Spider-Man and Wolverine are coming back to the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's, you know? so, that's something that's crazy, you know? And from looking up here, it looks like the Deviants have some scrolls among them. Yeah. Just I mean, from, I wouldn't doubt it being like just kind of the Council of Scrolls or something like that. Yeah, and, you know... That's a direct page right out of the Eternals. I already read that. Yes, yeah, he's a scroll, and he's one of the deviants. Right, the and deviant. a lot of them are mutants. And from what I was just reading up real quick, the deviants seem to have mostly been a race of scrolls, but they're like the truest form. Oh, Got you. So like they're only prime scrolls. So like evil scrolls. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cause like I don't, I'm, you haven't seen a whole bunch of the Marvel movies, have you? Like I mean, you've seen a decent amount. Yeah. But like, like I haven't seen like a. The Spider-Man ones. Yeah. Like the new ones. I'm trying to think of... There was a... Oh, which one was it? There was a movie fairly recently that had, like, a bunch of the scrolls. Oh, maybe that was Endgame. That showed, like, the scroll... I can recognize... Oh, it was uh, Mads Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Oh, man, why aren't you a Star Wars fan? I could reference his role in that, but I I don't know anything Mads Mikkelsen has ever done other than his role in Star Wars. But, um... Who was he in Star Wars? He was director Krennic. It's one of the newer movies, but it's not like one of the new trilogy movies. It's in Rogue One. But uh, basically, I think the scrolls have had like a change of opinion because if I'm quoting this right, either in game or Infinity War, there were like after cutscenes of mm-hmm. the scrolls, and there was like this main scroll family that it kind of you know, based the story around. And the scroll that it was following was one that was kind of uh, being a double for Nick Fury. And he wasn't a bad dude. You yeah. Know, he, he was doing what Nick Fury was supposed to do. He was helping out the heroes. And ultimately, you know, the heroes ended up doing him a favor and bringing him back to his wife and daughter. Yeah. So I don't think what you were saying about how, like, there's the deviants and they're kind of the prime scrolls, yeah. like the beginning of the scrolls. I feel like the scrolls initially were evil, but now a lot of their culture has, you know, kind of either refrained from being directly evil or just kind of are on their own agenda and doing their own thing now, not really focused on trying to dominate Earth or trying to really get under the skin of our heroes. They're, you know, it might be those prime deviant scrolls that are the ones that we're going to need to worry about. Yeah, and I mean, we're getting a lot of scroll action here. Yeah, there's a, um, there was a miniseries that came out last year, or no, maybe it was 2018, but it was called Meet the Scrolls, and it was a miniseries, a lot of people slept on it, not a lot of people got it, um, Scotty Young did a cover for it, and... Apparently, there's going to be some sort of uh, elaboration on that family. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be part of that empire. And, like, what we were talking about, how there's, you know, scrolls that have been hiding here along with people, you know, through the Avengers Endgame whole deal. Yeah. You know, I feel like in this whole empire tie-in promotional thing here in the spring, I I really think that, you know, they're going to be the family that, it's expounding on is going to be the one from Endgame, or at least the one from that earlier comic, the one from 2018. Yeah, see, that's, that's the Captain scene. Marvel. Okay, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, it was that movie. But yeah, Captain Marvel was great, and it showed like a more humilifying 
you know, appearance of the scrolls. Like, the scrolls really weren't out to do bad. They were just trying to find their way in all the mess that the Avengers and all of their foes have kind of left the world in. Yeah. You know? What's your next piece of spec? So, the next thing I got to talk about, and I'm, I'm, yeah, okay, we're going to go ahead and talk about this one. I was going to skip this one since I kind of hinted at it earlier. Yeah. So, you know, the MCU Cosmic, one of the top places for MCU rumors, he, the guy that does all the writing for him, he has word from a rock solid source of his that Marvel Studios is already working on some more stuff for the Avengers. The Avengers. The Defenders. Because they were supposed to wait two years after they canceled it. Yeah. That was part of the deal. If they ever canceled it and didn't put it out regularly, they'd wait two years. But with that other rumor of Marvel getting the rights to do Hulk and Namor solely, there is also this rumor coming up about the Defenders and Marvel having the rights to do them, you know, as they feel the need. Right. So there's some speculation about, you know, some of that being in the works, especially, you know, one thing that I didn't think about until now, (laughs) that new Jessica Jones series starting. Yeah. You know? True. Bringing some more light to her. That could kind of be like a little hint to it as well. Yeah. Like, you know, and if we see, say, sometime in this year, maybe like mid-spring or the summer, like if we got, you know, right now we already have a Daredevil series. Daredevil's one of the most popular characters and yeah. probably the most popular of the Defenders. Definitely. But Luke Cage might get a se- Like, imagine if we're getting this Jessica Jones series now. And then sometime mid-spring, early summer, even mid-summer, we get like maybe some Iron Fist or some Luke Cage. Or since they're, since they're a popular team-up, and they used to have a comic called Power Man and Iron Fist. And that was the two of them going on all their adventures. If they release something like that, regardless of whether it be a miniseries or an ongoing, I feel like that really will be leading us really, really heavily yeah. to believe that we're going to get the Defenders, finally. Yeah. And especially with um, Daredevil just going through that story arc. Yeah. Through hell. Right. You know, and now they're picking up with a Jessica Jones series. I think they might be trying to throw a little bit of bait out there. Yeah. Get some new people on it. Yeah, the you people know? who are looking at it under an extra fine magnifying glass, such as ourselves. Yeah. The people who are going to sit here and think about that. Right, because there's a lot of people who that's just going to sail right over their head. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be right. You know, MCU Cosmic, the guy does have good sources, you know, but yeah. you know, still take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But This is all speculation. Yeah. We love to talk about spag. Yeah, and I think it would be neat because they canceled the whole Defenders because they were going to do the Defenders series with all of them, and they canceled it. I was it. ready, man. I was really ready because, like I said, I had read the first season of Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, you know, Luke Cage, and Daredevil, and Punisher. Oh, baby. What? Th- that's your line right there. It says, specifically, the Punisher could be used in a Midnight Suns team with Doctor Strange, Blade, Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, and Elsa Bloodstone, who is also slated for an MCU appearance. Oh, Dude, that would that would be that would just be like complete. Oh man, the Midnight Suns. What? He just went. Uh. Yeah, because it because the Midnight Suns are some of the best thing, like some of the best story writing in my opinion, or the be- one of the best teams. Because the Midnight Suns are a team, even though obviously Elsa is a woman. 
Um, I knew the Punisher was part of the Midnight Suns. I knew Blade, Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, and I didn't know about Elsa Bloodstone. I don't even completely know who Elsa Bloodstone is, but I didn't know Doctor Strange was part of the Midnight Suns. I don't think that's something that in the comic books he's part of, and I'm not super knowledgeable on old, old comics unless yeah. it's one of my favorite heroes. I like Blade of that whole line Blade up there. Blade is awesome. I feel like Blade's underrated. I think they need to redo Blade. That's what I'm saying. The, they are. That's the first uh, of Phase uh, 5. Yeah. Uh, that's Phase 5, though. That's so long away. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I heard about that like right when they announced it, and then I just like, you know what? That's years away. Let me just forget about it. Probably so. But my favorite, like those three names back to back to back, Blade... Moon Knight, Ghost Rider. Oh, man. That has you sold. That would be, yeah, that's baller. That's That screams, like, definitely PG-13, if not, like, rated R action. Mm-hmm. Like, give me something, oh, boy, give me something delicious. Boy, if they did a movie with those rated R. I would be in there like uh. swimwear, son. <laughs> like, I'd be moving. I'd probably end up going to see it two or three times. That's how yeah. much I would be excited about it. And if it was good, like if I walk out the first time and it was just phenomenal. Whew. Well, you know, if they did that, it'd have to be like Phase 5 or 6. Yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. Would Blade just getting his rework in Phase 5? redo Ghost Rider. Just go ahead and redo it. Yeah, he needs a redo too, but I feel like Blade's more needing. You know what I think would be awesome? Because there are some people if that they... do think the Ghost Rider movie was decent. Yeah, I think it was. I think the first one was great. The yeah. second one was eh. Like I feel like Blade Two was the best. Yeah, because I had my favorite movie. Well, when I was little, I had my favorite character from the movie. But now mm-hmm. I think Blade's cooler. Yeah. But I really like the bald guy with the big hammer, and he twisted it and it turned into a spike. Yeah, I know and he just like about. hit the vampire and like picked it up and slammed it. Like when I seen that, I was like, boy, <laughs> like this man's a beast. Yeah. And I was like, that's the coolest character. And that was his only scene. He's a genetic beast lobster. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I'm ready for Blade. I hope they do my man's right. One of the best things that they could do is, so we got Blade here, Moon Knight, Ghost Rider, Elsa Bloodstone. She sounds kind of mystic, Elsa Bloodstone. So what I'm thinking about is why not use the... Disney Plus confirmed Moon Knight TV show to show no just to show all of these characters let Elsa Bloodstone be part of it let Ghost Rider make an appearance let Morbius make an appearance let Werewolf by Night I mean Werewolf by Night more than likely is going to be in there because that's Moon Knight's first appearance is hunting down the Werewolf by Night and his first appearance is in Werewolf by Night yeah, it looks like her first appearance was in 2001, so she's a fairly new one. Okay. Too, so that might, that's probably why we haven't heard about her. She's not that well established. Yeah. And from what I'm seeing here, most of her art looks like the more cartoony. She looks like kind of a gunslinger, too. She's got dual rifles. Is that what that was? Yeah, she has that's two rifles. Nutty, man. And she has a MAC-10. How are you firing off on two <laughs> rifles simultaneously? Are you just, like, shooting one out until it's unloaded and then just tossing that bad boy down and flipping the other She's in Marvel Zombies. Ooh. Not, I don't think she's in the one I uh, gave you for the shop. Yeah. But she's been in it before. Gotcha. So, oh, uh, she's... Ooh, she's part she's of the a monster of hunter. monsters, too. She's a monster hunter. Okay. So she fits into that whole Moon Knight thing. I don't think she's mystic like Moon Knight because she doesn't have any powers. She just has abilities. Yeah. She's it says, quick and strong. I mean, strong. right here it says that she's kind of like Buffy. 
Yeah, she can use she uses mythical items, but she's super fast and super strong. But yeah, I think that'll be interesting if we got someone. Yeah, there's a couple actresses that could play her well. Yeah, oh definitely. yeah, definitely. I mean, with someone with no powers and basically being a monster hunter, I think if you get someone who has great acting ability, has you know a previous record of like, great, uh, I don't think it's called discography. Yeah, because discography, I'm pretty sure is like a cinematography. Music. Well, that's the study of um yeah. Filmography. Yeah, it is filmography. filmography. Yeah, it, get somebody with good filmography. So somebody who's been in well reputable. There's you know, someone that films I'm, before. I, I automatically think of for this role. Who? Chloe Grace Moritz. <sighs> Dude, that she would be was, so uh, cool. She was what's her name in Kick Ass. Yeah, Hit Girl. Yeah, she was Hit Girl, so she already has that action background. Yeah, and now you know? that she's older, not like young, yeah. like little girl young, like yeah. the way she was in Hit Girl. Dude, oh yeah, yeah. she I, has the background. Whew. Yeah. That would be miraculous. She's one of my favorite actresses. Yeah, she's awesome. She's great in almost everything she does. Yeah, so I feel like she's underrated, too. For sure. I feel like her being Hit Girl kind of like threw her under the bus a little bit because Kick-Ass wasn't super super well-received. It was only because it's so controversial, like, with its, you know, content. Yeah. I mean, some people really, really like it, and some people aren't really So, of course, I love the movie. Yeah. I was ready for it, but I tried to show it to someone like my girlfriend. Right. right, and my girlfriend wasn't a big fan of it, just because it pushes like boundaries. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what I was saying. Like some people really like how far risky it goes. Yeah. Like how you know it is like super gory. Well, the first scene is sexual. Yeah, you know I mean, that too. Like, and that's like because I was watching it with Madison, mm-hmm. and like she was like, "What is this?" I was like, "It's Kickass Madison." She was like, why is it like this? I thought this was a superhero movie. So, like, oh boy, you done thought wrong. Yeah, this is a uh, skewed superhero movie. This <laughs> like, is superheroes on the edge, baby. Yeah, like this, this man's whole power is he can't be broke. Like That is an awesome power, though. Yeah, but I feel like that was some, I feel like that's something that you might want to keep an eye out for, especially with you liking that lineup. For sure. And what I was saying earlier, you know, any of those supernatural characters, Blade, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, even Iron Fist, any of those that are kind of mythical or like, you know, have kind of that, what's a better word to describe it? Just kind of, yeah, like mystic, I mean, darker characters, characters that we haven't yet seen, put them all through the moon, like let them make appearances like in Moon Knight or something like that because the way I look at it is, that series is going to be kind of the horror thriller obviously not full horror like it's not going to be scary i mean Mm -hmm. they want as many people to be able to watch it as possible and it's on disney plus so it's going to be family friendly to some extent but it's going to be like the mandalorian it's going to be rough and tough and i can't wait so a new piece of spec yeah moving in this is some spec i just found while we were talking okay so that's you know miraculous but this is about Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. Well, about the whole series. Right. Guess who they're fighting? Who? Guess. If you had to guess. Mm, what, just the Guardians? Yeah. Just the Guardians. Yeah, who they're fighting in this issue. It's someone we've talked about. The Kree? It's a Kree scroll invasion. Huh. I think that Marvel's really throwing at some... Serious scroll action coming up. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, so that book that it keeps referencing, Incoming, that yeah. one shot, like supposedly is a huge revelation to just kind of the future of what Marvel is going to do in 2020 and like where they're trying to take these these characters and these series. Who? Yeah. What was his name? Marvel Boy. Marvel Boy. Yeah, this is a, a sneak peek that they gave on CBR. That's kind of weird. And man. I was just like flipping through it real quick. Yes, Nova. Yeah, Nova's in it. Man, I'm so ready. I love the Nova Corps. I think they're awesome. And Isn't I'm she so also su- in Nova? Who? Uh, no, she's no. Starbrand. Oh. Yeah. And who is this guy? I'm not too sure. He doesn't really say who he is. At first, I kind of thought it was Ego, but Ego's a planet in this one. Right. But he comes out of the spaceship, so he might be one of the aliens. Yeah. But it's a Kree scroll invasion because there's an ego right there. Yeah, that is definitely ego. Yeah. But, you know, they're doing a whole bunch of Kree scroll stuff right now. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing some in the cinematic universe. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the only thing that you're going to get that's going to be more far out than what we've already experienced is if it is truly like some kind of crazy large scale intergalactic invasion. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we knew that. Thanos was coming from space. Yeah, like, we've I mean, had Thanos. We've had Ultron. Yeah. Like, the only thing left, really, is something like this. Yeah. For them to do. Yeah. I mean, after that, they're probably just going to recycle some stuff and put, like, new kind of direction Galactus. on it. Dude, I would love some of that. I really wish they some would Galactus do... Action. I wish they would remake Fantastic Four and really take it away with doing some cosmic stuff. Like, I want some great Silver Surfer action, and I want some awesome Galactus. Man, I don't like Fantastic Four for, like, cosmic stuff. I don't like Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four definitely isn't my first pick for cosmic stuff. If I'm going to read something that's Marvel and, like, really trying to get as far into the cosmic action as I can, I'm going to read Guardians. Why wouldn't I read Guardians? They're literally the Guardians of the Galaxy. Just in that one sentence, they're going to be going. Star brand. Yeah. The other gotcha. day you said you didn't know who she was with the sword. Well, I, I couldn't see the thing on her chest. Yeah. I'd recognize that anywhere. Yeah. So that's who that is. Yeah. Okay. So a female star brand. Because, like, yeah. the past two, I think, have been male. But, you know, that... I don't know. I feel like they're really about to milk some Kree scroll stuff, and I want to know what's going on. Yeah. What, well, I'm curious to hear what you were just about to say about... Uh, you said if you're looking for cosmic stuff, you don't go to the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I was going to say I'd rather go to the... To the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that that's definitive. But I feel like the Fantastic Four kind of... Okay, so I'm going to talk about Guardians, Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man really quick. Spider-Man is your neighborhood hero. Like, he's always on the ground. Yeah. And he made a comment about that, like, in his movies, like in Homecoming and Far From Home. He was like, why do I always stay, have to stay so close to the ground? I want to fly. I want to soar. I want to be that hero. Well, that's not what Spider-Man's supposed to be. Spider-Man yeah. is literally supposed to be your neighborhood Spider-Man. He, his confines and jurisdiction are supposed to be New York City. After that, you you level up a little bit. You got the Fantastic Four. They still are right there in New York doing their own thing, protecting Earth. But they also regularly make appearances going out into the cosmos. I mean, that's how they got their powers. So you've got them as kind of like a flex. Guardians almost never come to Earth. The Guardians are always out doing something somewhere else, you know, far off in our galaxy. And that, to me, what I was going to say was, 
is so much more alluring than anything else. I mean, think about it. My favorite comic to read is Star Wars comics. And the reason? Because there's such an expansive galaxy. Yeah. There's this planet, that planet, this new race, that new race, you know, these ships, like all these crazy things. Technology from planet to planet is different. Some are primitive, some aren't. Like, it allows you to really take the story in almost any direction you'd like to go when you get really further removed from what we know as everyday life. And that's why I was going to say, you know, if if you're wanting to go cosmic, either focus on a character or focus on the Guardians of the Galaxy or if Nova had something. Nova is basically the... Or the Nova Corps is basically the Lantern Corps for yeah. Marvel. Like, they are intergalactic lawmen. That's their whole job. So, I mean, really, as far as a team goes, yeah, I'm tuning... If I want some cosmic action, I'm going to tune into the Guardians. But really, if it's I'd just a solo... I was about to say, if it's a solo character, though, mm, I want Nova. I want Star-Lord for solo Star- cosmics. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because, like, you know, I have, from the 2015 run, I have the first six because the closest comic book shut down after that. Got you. But I was, because I love, I love all the individual members of the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Star-Lord. I don't like Rocket that much, or Groot. Rocket's okay. I really like Groot. I like Grimora and... Grimora's good. Well, I don't Drax. Really, I don't really care for Drax either. Like I really like Star Lord and Gamora, but I really like Nebula too. But Nebula's cool. I feel like that's she's about more, to get her own mini series. I know. I'm so ready for that. Like every time I'm flipping through them pages and I see Nebula there, I'm like, oh, February. It'll be here soon. Yeah. Because I feel like that kind of breeds into my love of cyberpunk because she's all not 100. percent She's a cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, please. She's more machine now than woman. <laughs> My Star Wars reference. But this Guardians, man, I like how it's not the traditional team. How you were just named, you and I were just saying Drax, Gamora, yeah, Groot. The, like, the dude, normal ones. I was about to say, on this front cover, I got you some Moon Dragon. There's Star Lord and Rocket front and center. I don't know who that female character is in the red band. And I don't that, that's a female. It's not. Oh, that's Marble Boy. Yeah. Like you said. Like okay, my bad. I just showed you that that my exact bad. same character right here. Like, this is them. Yeah, this. I didn't see a gun in his hand. That, that was well, what kind of threw me That's Moon off. Dragon, and that's Starbrand, that's Nova. But oh, yeah. this is Marble Boy. And I'm a parallel that's universe Cree. Really, yeah, that's a really interesting... Uh, that's a really interesting take on the Guardians team. That's what I was going to say, is I love the fact that it's not just your traditional you know five characters that you know we've got marvel boy nova you know moon dragon have you read his powers no i haven't so his powers are he's from a parallel universe he's a kree allied with the utopia a faction actually he founded his he can walk on walls his fingerprints are an explosive compound his saliva is a psychedelic drug, and he has total control of his body and mind, and carries his own laws of physics with him as a weapon. That sounds dope. And his pronouns are he, him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just gotta let you know what I am. And so, yeah, he... I don't know, that's pretty... He's pretty neat He so far. is a savage. Yeah, he, because he, he, he hit you with them pronouns. Yeah, he gave you his pronouns. He's he, gender fluid. Well, if he's he him, well, you know what I'm. He's respecting gender fluidity. He's not gender fluid. He's cis. He's a cis scum. Dang, scum. He's not scum. He's badass. Oh, they're like having tryouts. 
they have tryouts for them. Ooh, that's pretty cool. That's neat. That is that is a very neat take on it. I like that. But these are spoilers. We can't read those. Yeah, I don't want to read any spoilers. Too I'm going back later and read them. <laughs> <laughs> Off air. Me doesn't want to read spoilers. Yeah. Literally, me goes in and reads the spoilers later. So, Jacob, bless us with our next piece of news or spec. So, I just wanted to ask your opinion. Well, well I'm going to save that one for last. So, you wanted me to look up some stuff about the Batman Beyond movie. Right. Uh, it was confirmed that an animated movie is not coming. It was confirmed that an animated movie is not coming. By, Sadly. Um, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't someone actually from Marvel. but it was DC. Of, oh, yeah. It wasn't anyone from DC. But it was one of the head editors right. at a news company who tweeted it. That he had got confirmation and like put the quotes in there and everything of what they said. Got you. So there's no animated movie coming. And Kevin Smith wants a movie with Michael Keaton. He wants a live action one with Michael Keaton. But there hasn't been anything said about that. That's just Kevin Smith being Kevin Smith. I love having, Kevin Smith. Having his pop culture godliness. Yeah, being that, able to say whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants. And I'm fine with it. I might not it'll always traction. Agree. Yeah, I was about to say, I might not always agree with it. But, I mean, he's more intertwined in everything in Hollywood that's going on than I am. So, yeah. I mean... If he's going to, and he has a podcast, you know, if he's going to spout off about certain things that he knows about, I'm going to take his word for it over even my own. I mean, like I I said, he's involved. You know, he wants one. Yeah. Doesn't mean it will happen, but like you said, he does have a little bit of footing in Hollywood. Yeah. and Being a director himself. Yeah, he's gotten more pull. You know, he could probably inquire about it, be like, hey, you know, if you guys are thinking about doing like another live action Batman movie, may take it in a different direction. Maybe uh, let me do some Michael Keaton action. Yeah, like. Something like that. Because he is Kevin Smith. You can't talk about nerd culture without bringing him up. Yeah. You know, he's just classic comic book men. I love that TV show. Yeah, God, I wish Clark's it was still is great. On. Like Clark's just, is good. He's such a good. He's he good takes at such he pride. Does. Like after all the other things that he's done, he still takes so much pride in Clark's. Well, he recorded it on an iPhone with a black and white filter. I mean, yeah, and it was his first project. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was the first thing he had done. Yeah, and it just picked up. I love the animated series more. I've never seen it. It used to come on Adult Swim. It was so good. I used to like wake up at stupid hours of the <laughs> night and like it would be on, and I was like, "Why are they smoking cigarettes with a monkey?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready for you to say that whatsoever. I did not know that was coming. And it was just so great. It was. It was really a great, a great show. Ten out of ten. That's what he needs to bring. Ten out of ten would recommend. Yeah, he needs to bring that back and Comic Book Man comic book man man if i gotta have one or the other because i didn't experience the animated i want the comic book man i'd rather have it too because they were savages on there not only that but i'm pretty sure he owns that shop yeah that's his that's his shop that's what i thought and the last piece this isn't really spec this is just i want your opinion on that morbius trailer oh man i'm kind of more curious to hear what you have to say but since you asked me first i'll go first i think it looks awesome a lot of people are saying that they think that it's going to be a MCU tie-in, that this movie is going to take place in MCU. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to report that to everybody, but I know I'm right. And the reason why I know I'm right is because Spider-Man and all Spider-Man's villains are Sony property. Like, this is going to be a Sony-made movie, and this movie is 
even though there was the deal between Marvel and Sony about Spider-Man, that only has to do with Spider-Man. And that only has to do with Spider-Man making an appearance. Like, again, I'm not, you know, behind the scenes. I don't know exactly what was put in the deal. But I'm pretty sure Marvel is allowed to have Spider-Man still in their MCU while Sony is now allowed to make references to the MCU. That's the reason why in the trailer you see Spider-Man, even though it's the Sam Raimi Spider-Man from our childhood, like, you know, the original yeah. uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, he's spray-painted up on the wall, yeah. and it says murderer. And that's a reference, I assume, as you pointed out earlier, to him killing Mysterio at the end of Far From Home. Yeah. Though, I'll say they're going to reference that. You know, that the Spider-Man in the Sony-verse is going to be the same Spider-Man in the MCU. But yeah. Morbius isn't going to cross over into the MCU. Any of those characters that are in Sony's Spider-Man movies or a Spider-Man villain that may be getting their own movies, this being the, I guess, technically second one, maybe first one, because Morbius is, you know... Black versus white, he is definitely a black hat. He is a villain. Like, yeah. he's doing things for a complete selfish reasoning. Venom, on the other hand, he was the first to get his own movie with Sony, being more of a darker character. But as we said before earlier in this podcast, he's more of an anti-hero. Because yeah. he is the lethal protector. He is trying his best to do good. And even in the most recent comics, he's more of a good guy, teaming up with the Avengers and stuff. He got offered a place on the Avengers recently. Yeah. But I, I think Morbius is 10 out of 10 going to be just a, a, a Sony deal. That's Who's going to stop Morbius then? Oh, I I definitely think there could be an appearance of Spider-Man. because yeah, that's what, more of what people think is going to happen. Yeah, People don't think Morbius is going to go to the Spider-Man movies. They think Spider-Man is going to come to Morbius. Yeah, and, and I definitely don't agree with that. Or, excuse me, I definitely don't not agree with that. Like, I don't think that we're not going to get Spider-Man. Because, like you said, otherwise, who's going to stop Morbius? And maybe this movie isn't... I mean, we don't even know because we haven't seen it yet. Maybe this movie isn't going to set us up to have to figure out how to keep Morbius in check. Maybe Morbius is just trying to figure out how to get himself back because, you know, as it says in the trailer, he has, like, some rare blood disease and yeah. stuff. He's just trying to get himself well and just ends up, you know, turning into the living vampire. Um my theory, though, is that, yeah, we see Spider-Man make an appearance. You know, he comes in, he might save the day, and there might be a couple of references or dropped or something like that to Avengers. But, yeah, I don't see this. And it maybe, again, when we get Spider-Man in an actual Marvel, like, MCU movie, he might reference Morbius, you know? But, you know, like you said, I don't see Morbius popping up in MCU movies more so than I see... Spider-Man coming to Morbius. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people think is going to happen. That's what people are saying because I just watched the trailer today. You know yeah. this. But a lot of people, right when it dropped, that was a speculation. Was, oh, Morbius can reference MCU. Yeah. But no one was thinking Morbius is going to be in the MCU. You know, that's not going to happen. A couple of people already tell me since seeing that trailer either day before... Yeah, it came out on Monday when... 
Somebody somebody around me watched it, and they were like, oh, Morbius is going to be part of the MC... Or th- this new uh, Morbius movie is going to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I was like, no, it's not. This has nothing... Yeah. From the looks of the trailer, this has nothing to do with anything going on in the MCU right now. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, Sony's project. It's Sony doing Sony. Right. Exactly. You know? Like, they didn't cut a deal for Morbius to be in the MCU. Right. That's the fact of the matter. Anyone that thinks Morbius is going to be in the MCU, like... I'm going to need to hear something from Sony saying there was a deal cut. Not only do I need to hear that because that would require, like you're alluding to, a dispersion, a different dispersion in profits. Like, yeah. you know, right now, um, even, you know, Sony got a bigger cut of the, like, rest of the Marvel movies that are going to have, or the MCU movies that are going to have Spider-Man in it. Because yeah. they're basically using, you know, MCU's using Sony property. But it's not it's not going to be something that needs to be blown out of proportion. As we said, you know, he's not, like, Morbius isn't going to pop up in yeah, any of the future I, MCU movies, but, as we said, he could be referenced in a yeah. future MCU movie. Yeah, like, you know, like we said. Unless they do something crazy like Sinister Six. I would yeah. love Sinister Six, but Morbius isn't even part of that. Yeah. That would have to be, like, some sort of new... Like, we were talking about with the Guardians. Like, this new Guardians of the Galaxy isn't going to be the traditional team. They could probably still do uh, an awesome... Yeah. <laughs> if they did Legion of Monsters, boy, I am lined up. That means we got a mind thing. <laughs> I need some of that. And I can't wait in a couple of weeks to be talking about some manslaughter. That new book that's coming out, that one shot, pumped. Well, we know what your number one is going to be. Nah, this is our top five. I'm talking about your personal. On Tuesdays? Yeah. yeah it will, it will you, be number like one. You don't have a personal one. It like. will be number one. <laughs> number one is what it is. But I thought it was a neat movie. I think it was intro. Well, not a movie, but it was a neat trailer. trailer. Yeah. It. I didn't know too much about Morbius. You like the Legion of Monsters. Yeah. And so you knew about him before. Um, I really didn't know about him until that new book. Who's mm-hmm. like it was a mini series? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about it till this mini series came up, and it looked neat. I didn't read it or anything, but after are you the, talking about the book that's coming out now? No, yeah. that's an ongoing. That's uh, ongoing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, perfect I, timing, I guess, for the movie. Oh, that's like that's like me and you're always talking. Like you know, they'll do stuff like the releasing comic books, oh. and then next thing you know, trailer. Yeah, you know. But I feel like it. The movie looked good. You know, I could see it. And one thing I will say about it that I feel like is different from a lot of the other like superhero movies or super villain movies or just super anything. boots and capes. Yeah, anything uh, from the rest of the boots and capes is it looks like a movie that you don't have to know anything about yeah. Marvel to go watch. Yeah, you know, like, like you if you go, go watch and Avengers, enjoy it. yeah, if you go watch Avengers, like one of the middle ones, like you you don't know what's going on. Right. You know, like you like. You can still enjoy it. Yeah. Like, but you're Madison not going to understand Endgame. the continuity. Yeah, my girlfriend loved Endgame. She might have asked me a bunch of questions while it was going on, but she enjoyed it. And I feel like Morbius is the kind where you are you can go in there and you can watch it, and someone who doesn't know what's going on won't have to ask questions. Right. You know? Because a lot of people are probably going to look at it more like it's a horror movie. Than it's and a I super, think it's going to have capes. great horror elements. And I don't know what's going on with these random horror movies that we're getting... Like the New Mutants trailer, looking like I'm a horror movie. I'm fine with it because I used to be a little baby, 
right up until the point that I was 16, and I did not like horror movies. I didn't like anything about them. There wasn't a single aspect that drew me in. I just wanted to stay far, far away. But it was something crazy, man. It's almost like overnight when I turned 17 and I was able to buy rated R tickets for myself. Like, I started going to, like, a horror movie probably once every three months or, like, once every four months, something like that. Like, two or three movies, four movies a year I was going to see, and I was actually coming out enjoying them. You know, that was great. I don't like horror movies. Yeah. Not because they scare me, but because they don't. Well, see, I used to be a big baby. Like, straight up Scaredy Cat was like, and I would tell you, if you're like, how come you don't like horror movies? Horror movies are so cool. I like being scared, blah, blah, blah. I hate being scared. Like, I don't like it. I don't like what fear feels like at all. And so I was just like, mm, not like, you know, not into this. And I guess for whatever reason, right up until I was 16, like, I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that, like, all of this is completely fake. Like, you don't have to worry about this. See, I wish I could watch one that would make me scared. Because yeah. I'm, in, like, reality, I'm a hard to scare person. Yeah. Like, jump scares just don't do it for me. Like, Madison tries all the time to, like, jump around a corner and scare me. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You psychopath? <laughs> Like, cause I just like you screaming at me isn't doesn't get a reaction. Yeah, you know I'm like, ooh, spooky. Oh well. Like, oh well, my eardrums ring. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but I feel like that's a good thing though. Yeah. You know, I feel like that could be a lot of people's first step into it. Yeah. You know, first and, step into superheroes. Yeah, and anybody who yeah, I was about to say anybody who's not maybe into superheroes in particular, if. It looks more like a horror movie, and to this point, we haven't gotten any visual of Spider-Man other than that spray-painted on the wall yeah. in the trailer. Um, but other than that, like you know, we haven't got any touch on Spider-Man being in this movie, and they'll probably it'll be that way probably right up until the week or the month that the movie releases, and we might get like a little more action. Either way, this is going to be a movie like you said that could easily be someone's foot in the door to get into like the whole Marvel movies, and maybe that will play right into their love for horror, yeah, or their love for thrillers, you yeah. know, or suspense, you know. Like you know, my girlfriend likes like the horror comics and stuff like that because I come in here and I'll get them for us most of the time, and that's a movie that I could see her watching and enjoying, right? You know, yeah. and she might want to pick up the ongoing after that. Yeah, you know, because like right now she she just like witches and stuff like that. Even though she's not a witch, she's just so fascinated by like supernatural stuff. Yeah, and like she loves Sabrina. Sabrina like, is cool. She's she started reading it finally. I remember you used to. I I remember that show used to come on like Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Yeah, like, was Sabrina the, the Teenage Witch. Yeah, the Nickelodeon, not the Nickelodeon. The Netflix series for it is good. It was Disney, right? I think it was Nick. Some, one or the other. I know it wasn't Cartoon Network. Yeah, it was not. It was, it was Disney or Nickelodeon. And I kind of want to say it wasn't either. I kind of want to say it was like an ABC show. Like Sister, Sister. Maybe so. I kind of want to say it was like that. Yeah. Like a Saturday morning ABC show for kids. It might have been. So was Morbius our last biggest uh, yeah. piece of spec? Morbius is the last thing I have to talk about. Unless there's anything you've heard about that you want to talk about. Mm, not in particular. All right, so... All right, ladies and gentlemen. End us out. Yeah, this is us coming to a close. Thank you again for coming and listening with us, listening to us just jabber on about different comic book and movie-slash-TV related things. As always, we had a blast. This is Mac and Jacob signing out.